Are you ready to get fired up? This is the Spitfire Podcast. The Spitfire Podcast is a weekly show filled with stories of inspiration, lessons learned, and ready-to-use tools to light a fire under you. This show is hosted by me, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, and I want to share the amazing stories of CEOs, professionals, and everyday people on their journey to awesomeness. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and please leave us a review. We would love, 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 love it. If you got questions, comments, or celebrations, we want to hear them. So reach out at spitfirepodcast.com. Now, enough of the housekeeping. Let's get to the show. What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach, a certified business life executive, whatever kind of coach you want to make me for the day, based out of Washington, D.C. And uh, today we have a special guest. We have been bringing spotlights of amazing business owners, Spitfires, in fact, who are on their path of awesomeness. And we're getting into you know, their deep thoughts, what got them to launching their own business, what they're excited about, what could be holding them back. And hopefully you'll feel inspired by this. And I am going into the uh, pronunciation of our uh, guest blind, and I'm going to do this on purpose because uh, my boyfriend is notorious for botching people's names. And I'm like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it too. Uh, so we have Sarah Lingenfelter. Is that right? <gasps> That's perfect. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I swear we did not practice this. No, we did not. <laughs> no, she said, I keep my first name simple so that people can make the last name complicated. Now, Sarah, before I start going into your last name and the origin of it, which we don't need to spend time on, she is right. the CEO of Virtual Biz Partner, and it's all about supporting businesses grow to six figures, seven figures, making sense of all that crazy insanity that is going into your brain. And I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners can uh, relate to that. I know I can. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. let's... Let's just jump right in. So how long have you been uh, running Virtual Biz Partner? Yes. So I love that this is where we're starting. I started full-time in 2013, January of 2013. But if I was to say, a, like, that was like official, but I actually got started in 2011 in the online space. Um, I was employed and really unhappy with my job. It wasn't going to go anywhere. I was in that place of like, do I find a new job? Do I use my degree finally? Like, what am I going to do? Um, but the, the thing was, I was actually working my job from home. And so it kind of got the wheels turning of like, hey, like if I can do this job from home, there's got to be like other work I can do. There's got to be something else out there. And one day on Facebook, I stumbled across someone that said they were a virtual assistant. So that's when it really started was in 2011, but it took me about a year and a half to realize that like, this isn't just like a side gig or something to make some extra money. Like this can be a real thing. And then that's when I kind of looked at, okay, what can I do with this? Maybe I should quit my job. <laughs> and then that's when it, it officially kicked off that January of 2013. That's awesome. And I, I hear so many people of like, starting it as a side hustle and being like, this is just a hobby. This is a way for me to make extra money. And right. I'm always curious, like at what point do you feel that like, no, I can do this and I'm going to do this. Do you remember that point? Yeah, I do. Well, and, and like you kind of pointed out, like that was my original thought. Like I'm just going to make some extra money. I hadn't had a raise at my job in five years and I wasn't challenged. And so I'm like, oh, this kind of keeps me busy, make some money. But what happened was because I was doing virtual assistant work and you know, you set your own rates and kind of make the, your own rules. I, after about, after about six months, cause I mean, I literally knew nothing. Like I made all the mistakes, 
But after about six months, I'm like, hey, I can actually start charging more and I can make more money than I can make at my job. So I kind of kept building that up. And when I realized after then probably another six months, so a year in, when I realized like, wait, I could do just this side work and make more income and be my own boss. That's when I was like, hey, this could actually be the, a real thing, at least in my mind, a real thing and no longer kind of a, a side gig. So, um, you know, doing both and then realizing that the one could make me happier and more than replace my income. I'm like, it kind of just like, there is no other option. Like I've got to quit my job. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm so glad that, that you were able to kind of outline, like, I'm going to make more money because I hear from people these mm -hmm. like, uh, not even illusions or mirages, but this, this impossibility of what it is to go on your own. Like there's this idea right. that if I work for a company, well, they're going to take care of my taxes. They're going to take care of my health insurance. And I always say to people, well, what is it actually going to cost you? And if you don't right. know your numbers, you will stay in that story. Exactly. And, and in fact, that's what I did was like, I learned my numbers. When I realized I could make more money, I was like, well, wait a minute, what do I actually need to make to quit my job? Like, what do I need to cover my bills? And when I realized I just kind of needed about the equivalent or even a little less than the job I was at, and I was making a little bit more, I'm just like, I'm going to do this. Like there's, it just, you know, it makes perfect sense. But I also like to point out that, yes, I think sometimes when we either get the idea to start our own business or maybe we have the side gig and we're looking to make the transition. We think, oh, I have to be making six figures or I have to do this or, or if you have a six figure income, you think, oh, I have to replace that. Well, if you don't really need that much money, no, you don't have to replace that. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? absolutely. So I don't know if you heard the episode <laughs> we did with Leslie Pyle, who, who is yes. how we were introduced. Um, when she started, um, home-based at the home-based moms, um, I can't now Hire remember the original. Well, it was before Hire My Mom. It was oh, like HB yeah. something. Um, yeah. But home base mom, I don't even know. But basically, she she looked at like what are the necessities right. and what are the extravagances. And I think yeah. that if you actually look at your life of what are those sacred cows that you think cannot be moved, and if you actually look at what makes you happy, what brings right. you joy, what are you holding on to that's actually costing you your happiness? Yes. And I, and I love that you point that out because, you know, it makes me so sad when I go about my day or my week and I talk to people, friends, family members, and they're just so sad and miserable in their jobs. And then they're like, oh, but my benefits are so good or this or that. And it's like, are they actually exactly? There's a lot you can do without like it's when you really get down to it. And if yeah. it means your happiness, then what are you waiting for? Absolutely. Well, I think it, going back to the happiness, I think that people, like we are not trained in school and it's not part of our, our dialogue in society to be like, so what truly makes you happy? Instead of like the car, the house, the clothes, the makeup. Right. right. Yeah. And that's something, you know, that's a hard lesson I had to learn myself because when you get started, especially in the online world, you know, you see all these people that say they're making six figures and these fancy videos and, and fancy pictures and fancy websites, all this beautiful stuff. And you're told, hey, you have to have all these things. And so at some point, I kind of lost track of like, what do I have to have? And, and you know, what are my necessities? And I started hearing all these quote experts telling me I needed to be doing these certain things. And it became... 
I became very unhappy and burnt out and, you know, working all the time. And uh, it was a valuable lesson. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad I learned it when I did. And so now when I'm working with clients or if I'm training virtual assistants, like when I'm talking to them and they're again saying, well, I have to have this fancy house or these six figures and these, I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about like what feels good in your day. How do you want to feel? What makes you happy? And then how can we create that? Mm -hmm. um, to me, that's more what success is about um, than those, you know, outer things that other people may look at and think you're supposed to have. Yeah. So I'm always curious of like the first two years of being full time. Cause <laughs> yeah. I know for me, it was like the freak out moments of like, holy crap, can I do this? Am I going to die? Should I go back to work? Right. So I'm curious about your, your first 24 months on your own. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, the funny, the first thing that happened was that when I quit my job, you know, I had a few different clients I was working with, but I had this one particular client who had come across um, my path and she wanted me to work a considerable amount of time for her. And it was going to be, um, I thought a really good opportunity and, and financially. And so I quit my job and then come to find out she was being very misleading and didn't really want to pay me for the work. So here I quit my job. I'm going to be doing just, you know, just that virtual assistant work. And then I found out one of the big clients that I thought was going to be my main source of income was like non-existent. And, but you know, at that point, I really, I didn't panic. I just thought what I told myself is like, there is no other option. I'm making this work. I was so sure that it was what I was supposed to do that I just set out to find other clients. And, and I did, and I replaced that income. So I kind of, I got over that initial hurdle. Um, but you know, those first two years for me was the biggest, not the biggest learning experience in my life because I've had some other things I've gone through that have been huge learning experiences. But, you know, during those two years, um, there was a lot of stress that I encountered. Um, I said yes to everything. I think as kind of how I was raised and how I grew up, like you take care of your family and you try to do everything well and you take care of your house and you fix all the meals. Like there was just all these stereotypes and that I felt I had to be good at while also running this business. And I didn't know I could say no to things. I didn't know that I could um, fire clients. I mean, I kind of knew that, but yet I was afraid to. There was a lot of fears early on. So really those first two years, there were a lot of mistakes. Um, spending money on things I didn't necessarily need to spend money on. And, uh, but through that, it was also a huge transformation mm -hmm. because during those first two years were also when I really got clear on, because I was doing things I didn't like, I got clear on those things I loved and I got clear on the clients I loved. And so I came through that with amazing clarity and learning to set boundaries and overcoming fears and ended up really taking my business to a much higher level, doing a different type of work. And uh, so even though it was painful in the process at times, uh, when I came through the other end, it was an amazing learning and, and growing experience that now I'm so thankful for. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you, you just had that natural segue because I've been having this question in my mind and I'm like, how do I, I ask this? So. Yeah. When we first started talking about you going on your own, you referred yeah. to it as a job. And I'm yeah. curious when it transitioned to a career. Mm, that's a really great question. And I can't think of like a specific 
instance where like a light bulb moment where it went off and it really changed for me. But I know what happened was I had a lot of conversations with people because, you know, when you quit your job and then you start this business and people still ask you, well, what are you doing? Well, how are you making money? Do you always get and, the, how do you get clients? <laughs> yes. That's my, my favorite. Don't know what, my parents still don't know what, how to explain what I do. Like, it's hilarious. But, but you have all these conversations. And, and so it was just kind of, to me, it naturally changed where I'm like, no, this is not a job. This is a career. This is an empire I'm building. Um, and so it was probably, it was probably kind of after a couple years of while I went through that journey of then just also realizing like, no, this isn't a job. Like I'm, this is something much bigger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was just over time for me over time that I learned it. It wasn't just like a, a light bulb moment where like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So what do you see as the difference between a job and a career? Hmm. So to me, a job, it's easiest to first describe how I see a job. You know, I see a job as something you just go and get done, mark the things off your list to get your paycheck. You have a boss, um, you know, you may like it, you may enjoy it, but it doesn't really fulfill you. It doesn't light you up. And when I think of a career, I just think of something that, you know, I'm so invested in and I'm so excited about. And it may not be, you know, it may not always be what you thought you were going to do. Um, but I just, I look at a career as this is like my, my lifelong journey. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. So and I'm it's not, it, well, and it's not to say that a job is a negative thing. I just, I just want to clarify that. Um, I just, I just feel like a job is so much more structured and defined uh, by somebody else. Yeah. And career is more defined by me. Yeah. Well, and I think some people are much more comfortable with having others define what it is mm-hmm. that they need to do and having that security of a paycheck. And yeah. I always tell people like owning a business and going on your own is not for everybody. No, no, it's not. If you have a very low threshold for risk and uncertainty, yeah. it is not for you. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. We need someone for, for every different role. And yeah, it is not for everyone. Yeah. So you started as a virtual assistant mm-hmm. and I was reading that now you are training virtual assistants. Yes. So yes. what are you seeing as the, the main stumble point for people who are new to the VA world? Yeah. So I see a lot of, of the mistakes that they're making that, that I made early on. So they, they kind of had the idea because it's also gotten a little more well-known a virtual assistant a lot of people think, oh, okay, I have administrative skills. I know how to use the internet, and um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get started doing this work. But then they don't really one. They don't really know what they want, and so they make those mistakes of just saying yes to everything, um, not setting their boundaries, and then they they also don't realize the level of communication it takes online versus in person. And I would actually, actually, if I was to identify one single thing, I would say it was the communication. Mm. That is what I see being the biggest struggle and the number one cause of people not being able to be successful as a virtual assistant because communication affects everything, whether you're trying to get clients, whether you're already working with them, you know, it's everything. Yeah. What's the biggest assumption that a new VA makes? Oh, I think the biggest assumption is that 
they can do anything. Because what happens is, and I did this as well, is that you're like, oh, well, I'm smart. I can learn these things. Mm -hmm. And so they'll get a client and they'll say yes to everything. And then they're just exhausted, overwhelmed, burned out because you you only have so much mental energy to use. And when you're trying to do all these different things, um, it can be, it can be a lot. And so they need to just kind of be a little more targeted and, and again, communicate about what they are good at and what they're not good at. Because we, we all have those, we all have those things that we're great at and then the things we're not so great at. Yeah. I mean, that just sounds like such a universal principle of like, you know, you, it's actually a weakness to say that you're good at everything because no one is. (laughs) I know, but you would be, I have, I have interviewed hundreds and hundreds of virtual assistants when I'm helping to hire, whether for my own business or clients. And I cannot tell you almost every single one of them. When I say, what is it you don't like doing? Well, there's really not anything. Mm -hmm. Well, is there something you're not good at? Well, no, I can pretty much learn everything. And, and it, it just, it blows my mind because then they get into the role of, you know, if they're hired and then they can't do it and they do have weaknesses and then the clients are frustrated and they're frustrated. Yeah. And so, no one's going to sleep well. No, no. And we don't want that. We need our sleep. Sleep is great. It's great. <laughs> I love yeah. Sleep. I went, I went down the, and that's actually how I met Leslie Pyle is I went on hire my mom and interviewed mm. virtual assistants only to then realize like, I don't need a virtual assistant. I need someone to co-create content with me. Um, cause I'm pretty good at self-managing yeah. like, yeah. and I have systems. Uh, but I went through this interview process and had various levels of people that I was interviewing from way overqualified to, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know how to turn your computer on right. in the best loving way possible, but there's yeah. such a range of it. And then I realized that like th- what people are charging per hour, they're, they're shortcutting and undercutting their value by trying to be competitive. And I wonder if the more specialized you are in the services that you offer, you can allow for more magnification and amplification of your value and what you charge. Definitely. Definitely. And I train, you know, the VAs I train, that's one thing I teach them is I'm like, you know, if you specialize, whether it's specializing in industry or specializing in with certain software or the skills you offer, you know, you can, charge higher rates because you're really, you're really worth it. You're getting so good at those things you do. And then people know that. And then it also makes it so easy for clients to refer you. Cause then if you're talking, you're like, Hey, do you know somebody who is amazing with copywriting? It's like, Oh yes, I've got this VA that that's what they specialize in. And you know, it just so, goes from there. So this kind of highlights a bigger issue. Women we are not great at acknowledging what we do best. We are not great at saying we're experts. So if you were talking to a VA and you're saying, hey, you need a specialty, like let's pinpoint that. Yeah. And they're like, I don't think I'm good at anything. How would you help to scrape the surface of the gunk off to figure out what that is? Yeah, that's an awesome question because that's like literally what happens all the time when I'm trying to help them to specialize. You know? And so what I say is then, okay, what are you not good at? What do you not like? Mm-hmm. Usually that's much easier to identify. Like I actually have a list of like a hundred plus tasks a VA can do. And so I'll have, I'll give them, I actually give them a project to take that list. And I'm like, if there's something you can't stand doing, you don't like. And the thing is, it's a lot easier for them to do that because it's not talking to a client and telling a client I don't like, like it's just them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they share it with me. And so they go through that. And then I'm like, okay, if there's anything on that list, you know, you love circle those things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, anything that's not circled or marked through, it's just like, uh, so, so, 
And I'm like, this is your starting point. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to start with. And then do those things. Because the other side of that is you may think you like something or think it's what you want to specialize in. But if you've not done it yet, it may not really be what you, you know, what you like. And mm. so I always tell them to try it out first if it's something they've not done yet. Yeah. And just make sure. I'm thinking almost of like a matrix of like, yeah. what do you love to do? And then what comes easiest to you? Yeah. Because yeah. like you may love to do it. Like I always hear from people, they love to do social media. And it's like, no, you just like to scroll on Instagram. There is a science <laughs> and an art to this. And <laughs> So if it's taking you beyond 15 minutes, like what's a reasonable expectation for you to create a post and for you to comment and to follow up with people. And so I think giving people that next criteria of how easy does this feel for you to do it? Exactly. Is this yeah, painful? <laughs> right. Because, and I love that you get the example of social media because they do have a lot of VAs that they think because everybody uses social media and they think, oh, I can specialize in that. But it was funny because one of the, pro like I give all kinds of little projects for the girls to do through the training. Uh, well, men can do it too. It's just usually women that do it. But I had one VA that did some graphics because that was one of our little projects. I'm like, go on to Canva, practice using it because you'll use it with almost all your clients. Her graphics were amazing. And I was like, oh my goodness, can I actually use these? Like, these are great. And so she created some more for me. And then what, what started is just a little project. She now does it for clients. I referred her to people. And at one point she emailed and thanked me. She's like, you know, I would have never realized that this is something I would have been good at. Mm -hmm. And then when I sent those into you and with your feedback and she's like, I, I love doing this. And I didn't know that I, you know, would have loved doing it. Who would have guessed? Yeah. So it's sometimes it's just crazy that we take all these things for granted and it's not until someone challenges us that we get to see the true value of it. Yeah. And I think, I think as women, you know, just because you haven't done something doesn't mean you won't be good at it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you just, you know, get out of your comfort zone a little bit, try it. And then if it's not great, then, you know, that's not what you're meant to do. What's the worst that can happen? Exactly. Yeah. That's very cool. So what is the thing that excites you most about the work you do? Hmm. I'd say there's kind of two things because I kind of work with two different groups of people. I mean, I train the, the women to VAs and then I, I work with business owners that are, you know, hit, hitting, trying to hit six and seven figures. And I would say with the virtual assistants, and I go back to one of the, the first uh, students, I usually call my students, one of the girls I had, um, she just wanted to work from home and she didn't really know what a virtual assistant was. And she talked over with her husband taking, taking the training and it was a, a big deal for them to do it. And as she got going, she said to me, I never realized the possibilities and I feel so empowered now to create something bigger than, than I would have ever imagined. And so that is what really gets me excited when I'm working with these students that they just think they're going to learn how to be a virtual assistant, make some money. And then they get excited, empowered, realizing the power they have to create something that makes them happy. And it can look totally, every, everybody's business can look different. Like that makes me so happy. I don't care how you want to build it, structure it, how much money, but if it makes you happy, that excites me when you found, found that and made that realization that it's possible. And then uh, with my clients who, who already have established online businesses who are doing quite well and really kind of stuck trying to get to that next level, oftentimes they're so overwhelmed, they're trying to do so much 
And I mean, really, again, with them, it's when they get that clarity of like, oh my goodness, this is kind of, this is where, I don't want to say where I've been going wrong, but they get that clarity and realize trying to do 20 different things at once is never going to get them where they want to go. And they just need to be a little more focused, a little more strategic, give up a little control. And then when they see what those results can be, it's, it's amazing. So um, in both situations, I guess I could say that just, I love helping to teach and guide people. And when they, when they see and understand the difference that it will make, that's what really makes me excited and happy. I feel like I've done a good job with that. Awesome. All right. So now I got to ask you the flip side. So what bums you out about your business? Oh, what bums me out? There are, I would say it's when I get, well, it's a couple things. One would be when someone's just not willing to, to change and listen. I think we all can learn from others. And I've had clients that I've had to, to just, you know, not work with um, because they refuse to change. And um, if what's, if you're, if what you're doing isn't working, then, you know, continuing to do the same, well, you're just going to get the same results. And so I take, I, even though I realize it's about them not wanting to make changes, I really take it personal because I really want to help them. And so that definitely bums me out. And I've, I've tried to learn like, okay, it's, you know, I need to just shake it off. It's not me. And, uh, and the same when I'm training the virtual assistants, there are, you know, things I'm asking them to do for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if the business, if they're not seeing the results they want, and it's usually because they've, they've bypassed some things they've tried to shortcut. And, um, I just really care about people and I care about them having a, a life and business that makes them happy. And I get really bummed out when they're not willing to try something a little bit different and see what it could really give them in the end. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned the term bypass because I've been talking with my girlfriends about this. Um, have you ever heard the term spiritual be- uh, sorry, spiritual bypassing? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's business bypassing too of, you know, yeah. if I just say enough positive affirmations and mantras, then right. it's going to come true. If I put them up on my Instagram wall, then I'm going to look successful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is a lot of that. And, you know, I don't think that every single day has to be a grind and you're working hard and you're working long hours, but it does take work to get what you want. I mean, you know, otherwise everybody would be doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just, you know, saying a few positive things and then it's like, Hey, look what happened. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think it's just part of our nature that we want things to happen quickly, especially in today's society with can order things from Amazon and have it in two days and we can contact on social media and, you know, text somebody and hear right away. I mean, we've got all this instant gratification and I think that rolls over into our business and people think that they can bypass certain things and then get still get the same, you know, amazing results. And that's just not, not going to work that way. Yeah. I mean, you may get temporary results. You may get one, but there's something about getting knocked on your ass and having to get back up and figure it out that allows you the resilience and, and intestinal fortitude to be a business owner. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. It's not sustainable to, like you said, they may get temporary results or something may happen, but long term. It's not going to, yeah, it's not, it's not going to work. 
Yeah. And, and going back to the first, one of the first things you said about, you know, these people that are selling these six figure courses, you know, I've heard of horror stories of people who didn't have two nickels to rub against each other, refinancing their homes and putting it on credit cards, you know, 10 to $20,000. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that's the answer. You know, you're going to get people that tell you all different opinions about acquiring debt for your business or this or that. But what I like to go back to is if something makes you uncomfortable, if you have a a pit in your stomach, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do something just because somebody says you need to buy this course, you need to pay for this. Like we, we all are are smarter, smarter than we give ourselves credit for at times with like making decisions. And we're like, Oh, we need to ask this person or get the, you know, usually we know deep down, like if it's a a yes or no. Mm -hmm. So if you could come up with your, I haven't asked this question before, but I think I might start. If you could come Mm -hmm. up with your own spitfire success equation, what are those key elements and what do they equal? Ooh, I love this question. Let's see those key elements. For me, mm, I always overcomplicate things. My brain starts to think of like. <laughs> Let's go with these- addition or or multiplication. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I start to think of all these different things. So I would say that the first thing would be your business. You know the. Um, the idea or whatever you're doing in your business, you need to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then I would say you need to add to that um, focus. I would say focus kind of strategy and systems. And I say that because I do a lot of that in my business, like being focused, having things documented um, and having a strategy behind it. And then I would say the third thing that I would add, because I'm trying to keep it simple, is really good Mm self-care because I like majorly failed on that for a long time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you do not have that self-care and taking care of yourself, then to me, it doesn't matter any of the rest of the stuff. It's not going to equal success. Yeah. Those things. Yeah. So you're going to laugh. So I actually have a Spitfire tetrahedron. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I just did a new one for, um, for corporate and it's mission times vision times maintenance. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's what gives you your spitfire presence. So when everything yeah. is coming in, because if one of those is negative or off, it impacts right. the other two. It, yeah. And it is very true. And so I love how you, I love how you summed that up and well, and because I guess what, when I'm working with individuals, I so often see one of those pieces missing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for women, it's oftentimes the self-care. And the- Always is. And actually with men, it is, it, but it, it shows yeah. up differently. So True. I'm coaching more and more executive, like male executives in their fifties and up. And to them, they don't even recognize what self-care is mm-hmm. because yeah. they're told to just, you know, toughen up, just take it, right. deal with it, you That's know, true. on to the next. But when they practice mindfulness, mm. it opens up a whole can of worms that's been stuffed in the cupboard. Wow. And it's really powerful once they start to recognize it and put it on the table. Yeah, I bet it is. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Like I, it's, <laughs> it's so powerful. It's like by just yeah. giving people this space to like bring it up and to yeah. talk about what it is, we can yeah. all learn from it and connect from it and, and share. Mm, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you bring up a really valid point of giving each other space to talk about things and open up. I think, uh, 
because one thing I tell both my clients and my students is that, you know, anything that's happened in your past, anything that's going on in your personal life, like it's going to affect your business. And if you don't deal with those things, it's at some point probably going to come out in a not so great way. <laughs> yeah. It's a pressure cooker of disaster. Yes. Yeah. We all know what happens. What was it like the, the soda can that just keeps being mm. shaken up and then all of a right. sudden it just pops. Explodes. <laughs> yeah. It makes a big old hot sticky mess. <laughs> we do not want that to happen for anyone. <laughs> yeah. So if you could pass on one or two nuggets of advice to someone who wants to be a VA or, or a business mm. that's looking to hire a VA, what would it be? Hmm. So advice I would pass on to a VA is just don't try to do it all. You know, be really clear about what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy, and then learn how to over-communicate, communicate very clearly, you know, with, with everything you're doing. So I would give those, those two pieces of advice to VAs. And with clients looking to hire one, um, they need to be clear on what they need. So, because a lot of times uh, business owners will say, I need a virtual assistant. And it's like, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Well, VA gonna, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what they say. Everybody just have too much to do. Okay, look, you need to know what you need them to do. So again, identify, but that's where there's that beautiful match. Like if the business owner can define what they need and the VA can clarify what they provide, then that's how you're able to match up well. And if you don't, then you're probably going to end up working with the, the wrong, you know, the wrong ones. And then the other advice to business owners looking to hire a VA is don't rush it. Most of them hire from a place of urgency. And, and fear. And they're like, I need this person last week. Well, I'm sure you did. <laughs> but I want you to get the right person. And so take your time evaluating once you know what you need. Take your time getting that right person. And uh, don't just hire the first person that comes along that you think is going to be great. Very true and amazing advice. And, and I just want to underscore that for myself and for other people. I will be highlighting that in, in my uh, post a note on my computer. Yeah, well, Don't rush decisions. No, because what happens is they'll hire somebody and then they don't work out and they will have trained them and they probably don't have processes documented. So they hire another person and they have to train them and they go through that a few times. Well, if you had just slowed down, really got clear about who you needed and the specifics around that and took time to interview a few people, you know, check out some examples of their work, you'll actually save yourself time in the long run than by working, working with the wrong one, and, you know, going through it over and over. Yeah, definitely. So if people are interested in learning more about what you do and, and bringing you on or helping to get them up to speed in the VA land, where can they find you? Yeah, they can go to virtualbizpartner.com. And they can go to the easiest would be just to go to then the contact and send me a message through there. And then I can let them know how I can help them out and uh, we'll be happy to do so. Very cool. We will put that link in the show notes. And Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your Spitfire power with all of us, the listeners and me. I'm, I've learned yeah. a ton and uh, we will stay in touch because, you know, once, once a Spitfire, always a Spitfire and the circle yeah. continues to expand. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much. You got it. And all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome. <laughs>